the free for all roundtable brought to you by lexus avon canada's newest lexus dealer in the maple auto mall near rutherford at highway 400 luxury is closer than you think round two on round two let's say good morning to tim hudak former leader of ontario's conservatives now he's at the ontario real estate association news talk 1010's traffic specialist adjua Sia yabois is here and lawyer professor and activist pamela palmater and actually tim let me start with you i don't know if you were listening but we i'm sure you're familiar yourself with the file when uh, some of the details became evident yesterday. Uh, the housing minister was our guest a little while ago, and I'll let you take this in any direction in terms of your analysis, but what I do find interesting is how tenant-friendly this new legislation is. Yeah, I think it strikes a, a really good balance on what the real issues are out there on the landlord-tenant issues. Of course, I listen to, I think, Steve Clark, uh, who I've, believe it or not, John, was it the first MPP elected when I was leader of the Ontario PC Party. He was a prize recruit, and I think he's doing a hell of a job. This is the best municipal affairs and housing minister I think we have seen, uh, at least uh, in the time I followed uh, politics. So what does this address? There's a huge issue out there around tenants, the, the rent eviction, uh, no doubt about that, and shady landlords who are playing fast and loose by the rules. The other side of this is you've got mom-and-pop landlords, John, who are relying on their rental properties for their retirement programs, for their own savings, for some income. And I saw so many distressed mom-and-pops that come to me as MPP or now as CEO of ARIA who are saying, is it my, my, my life savings here are being ripped off because the system is run for too long. We're not getting decisions. I think the minister addresses this balance very nicely by giving more protections for tenants were needed and also clearing up this terrible backlog that means that bad tenants right that are milking up the system and destroying property uh, will be out as well so kudos to the minister and I, i'm pleased to say that aria had a lot of input on this legislation and uh, the government listened although pamela i'm hearing from an awful lot of people this morning who are saying i can't make a living as a landlord because i have no rights against my tenants yeah, well, I mean, you're always going to hear people complaining about things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you look at it like across the board, it, it always leans on the side of tenants. The, the vast majority of problems are horrible landlords against tenants. Yes, sometimes you get terrible situations with tenants and landlords, you know, that's a problem when the landlord process is behind by tens of thousands, I guess, is what they're saying. But at the end of the day, the most vulnerable people in those landlord-tenant situations is always, it's always the tenants because they're, you know, they're at the whim of the landlord. So I'm glad this is coming out. Hopefully it'll resolve all the issues on both sides. Okay. And Adjua, what are your thoughts on that contention? Um, in regards to um, the the tenants and the landlord and, and this these, these new laws that are coming into effect, I think it's a lot of it's positive, especially when it comes to the rent evictions and um, sometimes landlords using shady tactics to get tenants out in terms of saying a family member is going to move in. Now they actually have to have a date of when that family member is supposedly going to move in. Numerous stories that I've heard of people that um, have been kicked out of their homes because somebody's supposed to move in that's a family member and it doesn't happen and it ends up being somebody else just to increase the rent so and the backlog is the biggest issue as well as uh tim was saying just instituting these 39 um 39 think more inspectors into the law so that we can get rid of that backlog all of those things are important to make sure that uh, everything goes in the way that it's supposed to so there isn't a backlog so whether it's the tenant's fault whether it is the landlord's fault 
if they can be seen in front of a legislative board, that is a good thing. Speed it up. And so we get rid of this backlog and things get on their way. A court ruling this week has uh, confirmed, if I stick to the legal language, that uh, uh, Sauble Beach actually belongs to a First Nations community. Uh, Pamela, are you surprised by this? No, I'm not at all surprised. Um, We haven't been dealing with actual land rights uh, as a major priority issue at any level in any you know, province or or nationally. And so many of these court cases have just been winding their way. Um, There was a significant problem with Treaty 72, lots of evidence that it was signed with undue duress. And you know, the law back then and now means that vitiates consent for any negative, uh, any negative part of that treaty, which might include giving up land. So, I mean, it's it's a very, very tiny piece of land. You're yeah. talking about 2.5 kilometers in the grand scheme of things. And finally, governance hopefully will be respected and recognized, but we don't know. Maybe the Crown's going to appeal, right? So I always take these with a grain of salt until we find out what's going to happen legally. Okay. Do you think this is the beginning of something, though? Because, uh, you know, in the past, uh, every time you find something of value on land that uh, has been deeded to First Nations people, uh, the courts and government find a way to take it back. Oh, oh, my goodness. Yes, of course, they always do. They don't even respect court cases, because keep in mind, this isn't the first time. I mean, courts have been looking and saying, yep, this is First Nation territory across the board. Look at B.C. You had massive cases in, in, in Dalgamook, uh, Chilcotin, and a whole bunch of other cases that recognize at what's called Aboriginal title, which is a little bit different than the treaty ter- uh, treaty territories. But uh, they they are still not respecting anybody's land rights, whether it comes from treaty or or Aboriginal title. But the the core point that you know listeners need to know is that it's not granting anybody anything. It's recognizing that this was always their land and continues to be their land, and so that's the significant part. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to do a site inspection, Tim Hudak, to figure out if this makes a material difference in the lives of this community. Yeah, you really got to be there on the ground. I mean, one thing, it's great to have clarity, right? The, the court has come down and said that the uh, treaty rights were violated. Uh, in this case, initiated in 1995 on the treaty from 1854. So this should give some clarity how the municipality deals with the First Nations, the right to revenue, uh, who can go on the beach and, and under when, parking revenue, all that kind of thing. I mean, if you're going to be investing in properties, you're going to be trying to attract tourists, you're trying to preserve the, the environmental benefits of the beach, nothing helps like clarity on who actually owns the property. Okay, I want to move to another issue, and that is uh, in the category, I guess, of alternative justice. And York Region is launching a program where they could divert you. You wouldn't go to court. You'd go to some other form of resolution. Uh, Adjo and C. Bois, in many communities where this has been tried, it leads to much more positive outcomes. And maybe more importantly, often the victims have more of a voice in a procedure like this than they would normally have in the courts. Yeah, it's 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 definitely an alternative. And if if you're if you can actually speed up the entire process, that's one positive. Also, people with petty crimes, instead of backlogging a court case, court uh, court cases, I think that's also a positive. And allowing these people to actually speak and talk about instead of just pleading guilty and having barely any reason just a representative they get to actually voice what's actually going on there could be mental health issues associated with why they did what they did 
and it, it helps both sides of um, whether it's the, the, the convicted or uh, the judge or whoever they're in front of. I think this is a positive thing, and, and kudos on York Region for doing this. Okay, and Pamela, I don't know if it rises to the level of restorative justice, but I mean, something that keeps you out of the court system um, and makes you, first of all, admit what you did and then try to make restitution, I think that's a positive step. Yeah, so in general, diversion is is a good idea. I mean, the whole incarceration of everybody for everything, especially crimes of poverty, which generally fall within those uh, smaller crimes, so to speak. Um, the, a, a large part of the problem is who has the say and who gets diverted. Uh, it looks like it's going to be the officer's discretion, which is a huge, huge problem because it's often the person who gets wrongly arrested or, or racially profiled targeted by the officer in the first place. So leaving it in the hands of the officer is going to be a significant problem. The other thing is that you're forcing people who are only accused of a crime, who may not have even committed a crime, uh, to admit that they're guilty in order to avoid prison. So you know what's going to happen there. That People are going to be admitting guilt for a whole bunch of things, whether or not they're guilty. We know that happens in other diversion programs. And then the other important part of that is going to be whether or not they have a charge uh, any kind of conviction, any kind of record, which will uh, prevent them from getting work and, and other rehabilitative services in the future. So the devil's going to be in the details. It doesn't look just from the details that are released so far that it's going to be very much of a fair process. There's a lot of dangers there for ongoing racism, which we know is inherent in you know Toronto police, for example. But um, we'll see what happens. Okay, your thoughts, Tim Huda, because Pamela makes an interesting point, and I've seen this uh, back when I was a court reporter. You'd have some young white university student accused of something, and the judge would say, oh, you just lost your way. I'm, let's find a way to figure this out. So maybe it's not going to be as even-handed as it should be. Well, look, you shouldn't be punished for trying to do a good thing. So let's see how this works out with York Region. I think you, you need to make sure you monitor very, very closely, very carefully. You do a review in a short period of time to make sure that it's actually working and you can check for bias in the system. But should you try this? Yes. And, and here's why. Look, John, I am sick and tired of hearing on a weekly basis of some form of violence uh, on the TTC or in city streets. I can't turn around without hearing about somebody else who had their home broken into, their car taken away uh, or stopped at, at gun or knife point uh, and, and robbed the impacts on businesses. When we have a time of finite police resources, I would like to see them focus on the big crimes happening out there and shut them down. And if this frees up the resources, God bless. Okay. And Adjoy, you ready for a robot waiter? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, uh, I don't think so. I'm not ready. <laughs> there's like nuance <laughs> when it comes to a robot waiter. Um, the idea of it sounds like a good idea, but just put an alternative to whatever you want on that menu or something happens. You always need somebody to talk to uh, to get what you actually need. So, And robots aren't at, at that level yet, even though I feel like Skynet's launching. But, yeah, I'm know. just waiting for the Jack Benny moment. Oh, robot, there's a fly in my suit. <laughs> Thank you all. Good to have you, Tim Hudek, Adjua Insia Yabois, and Pamela Palmiter. And that's our time. Have an amazing Passover, and I hope you have a wondrous Easter, and enjoy whatever time off and time with the family that you may be afforded this weekend. We'll talk again soon. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.